the Wall Street Journal came to do interviews. And uh, one of the classic interviews after he and I talked, we talked about origins and basically how it's made and how, how many people consume it. He said, well, where can I find this locally? So I took him out to a couple of uh, restaurants who serve coffee and milk. So we go into one store, this one particular guest at the store who was sitting there having a coffee milk with a, uh, I think it was with a hot dog or something. And he said, well, when did you start drinking coffee milk? And he said, I went directly from breast milk to coffee milk. And uh, that, that obviously was a catching headline and it ended up being on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. And, you know, that's, that's sort of the truth of it. I mean, they started out, you know, they, they literally, they were very young and they thought nothing of giving coffee milk to a small child. On the other hand, adults liked it as well. Welcome back to Local Fairy Tales. I'm your narrator, Nora Vetter, introducing you to Local Fair, F-A-R-E, that's only found in certain regions, states, cities, and so on. Listen in as the voices of those that know it well, historians, creators, servers, festival organizers, superfans, and other local fair experts tell the tales of local fair as only they can. Today's featured fair is Coffee Milk. You just heard Richard Field, previous CEO of Autocrat Coffee and Extracts, speak about a Wall Street Journal interview regarding the beverage. We'll hear more about what prompted that interview a little later. But right now, let's meet the rest of our coffee milk tale tellers. I'm John Barr. In 1990, at the age of 26, I was elected to the Rhode Island House of Representatives from the town of Lincoln. T.J. Deldon, the Assistant Dean at the College of Food, Innovation, and Technology at Johnson Wales University in Providence, Rhode Island. Richard Field, previous CEO of Autocrat Coffee and Extracts. Dave Lanning, founder and owner of Dave's Coffee in Rhode Island. Christopher Martin, curator of Quahog.org, the website about Rhode Island history and cultural quirks. Zach Milner, Roadshow Manager. The little uh, silver trailer to handle all the takeout food for Zingerman's Roadhouse from Mystic, Connecticut. My name is Adele Dosrace-Kutu, president of Rhode Island Day, Portugal. Ari Weinzweig, co-founding partner of Zingerman's Community of Businesses, which is in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And you're listening. You're listening to. Listening to the local. The local fairy tale of. Local fairy tale of coffee milk. Fairy tale of coffee milk. Tale of coffee. Coffee milk. The state drink of Rhode Island. Did you know Local Fairy Tales is an independent podcast run by a whopping team of one person? Yes, that would be me, your narrator, Nora Vetter. A lot of work goes into assembling each episode, and your support via word-of-mouth recommendation, podcast review, and or a follow and interaction on the Local Fairy Tales podcast Instagram or Facebook page is greatly appreciated. If you want to take your support a step further consider a donation to the tip jar. You can find the tip jar link in each episode description. Donations will go towards a monthly Zoom subscription, a new hard drive to back up audio, fueling an editing session with a caffeinated beverage, and more. Thank you for listening. I'm John Barr, and you're listening to the local fairy tale of Coffee Milk. 
Rhode Island is an interesting little state with its own little quirky habits. We have our own idiosyncrasies when it comes to food and when it comes to drink. And one of those idiosyncrasies that goes back well over 100 years is coffee milk. So coffee milk is a, a very Rhode Island thing. I mean, it's generally thought to be a Rhode Island, Southern Massachusetts thing. That's the region where people really grow up with it. I think Rhode Island is unique with its coffee milk, definitely. We, we had tried a few times to expand the borderlines. I mean, it's a pretty distinct line, like within 15 or 20 miles of geography, when you could get a coffee milk anywhere you wanted to, it just wasn't available. Even as close by as like people from New York, New Jersey, you know, most people from Massachusetts, Connecticut, they've heard of coffee milk. But outside of that area, most people haven't. Oh, yeah. It was well known that you had to cross the border to get it. <laughs> Luckily for me, crossing the border is a quick little 20 minute drive. But like, yeah, no, it's even in like the, the surrounding parts of Rhode Island, like you're lucky to find maybe that random like grocer who's like not a chain grocer who happens to carry some because they like it a lot too. Like that would be the only way you'd find it. Other than that, it's, it's a Rhode Island only drink for the most part. Um, I do like the mystique that it's kind of a Rhode Island thing or, or you know, Southern New England thing. Many people hear coffee milk and they think, well, you just take a lot of milk and put it in a half cup of coffee and that's your coffee milk. But it really isn't. It's a lot of people compare it to like, if you think of coffee ice cream that's melted, like that flavor or, or something like that's kind of a good comparison because it's it's got a, a definite coffee flavor but it's sweet and it's it's really good <laughs> it's delicious um like, i was just gonna say that uh I, I imagine my first taste of coffee milk i was probably just like "Ooh, it's like melted ice cream melted coffee ice cream because that's that's sort of what it's like let's just start with you know all the qualifiers it's um it's creamy. It's cold, preferably served cold. I, I would I would hate to try it in a warm capacity. I like it nice and like almost on the on the edge of freezing. And it's chock full of, of coffee flavor. Uh, it, it's really good. It's very refreshing on a on any time, I guess. And the basic ingredients are a glass of milk and a couple of good tablespoons of coffee syrup mixed up. Coffee milk is made with coffee syrup, you know, the chocolate milk syrup. In Rhode Island, we have coffee syrup. It's cold milk that's been blended perfectly with a spoon. Just like think of, think of your chocolate milk, think of your Nesquik, think of your Hershey syrup and either pouring it or squeezing it or spooning it into a cold glass of milk. But it's instead of chocolate syrup, it's, it's coffee syrup. So think of chocolate syrup or strawberry syrup or vanilla syrup that you would add to milk. So the actual product is the same consistency as would be chocolate syrup. Yeah, traditionally, it's just like almost like Hershey syrup for coffee drinkers. Like that's quite literally what it was designed to be. There's a lot of misconception too when they see it because they think maybe it's a coffee concentrate, you know, or they don't understand because there's a lot of other coffee concentrates that are very similar and you mix it with water and that's not at all what the coffee syrup is all you do is you you pour enough in to coat the bottom maybe like um, an eighth to a quarter of an inch you pour the milk in, stir it up with a spoon you're good to go you know we do a lot of it with non-dairy milks too like right now oat milk is super popular so a lot of people get coffee milk with oat milk instead of regular whole milk, which is which is equally delicious. And then some people like it a little, you know, a little more tasty. You can, you know, just add a little more if you want or whatnot. Or if it's too rich for you, after having a couple sips, you just pour in some fresh milk and you can dilute it. So you just find your happy spot and that's what you mix it to. Um, I guess you can make it stronger or weaker. 
you know, in my experience, um, it's it's a little bit on the stronger side, right? Get me through the day. And there's so few local grocers anymore. You know, they're all the, the, the big name grocers now. But all the big name grocery stores carry coffee syrup, you know, so it doesn't matter if you go to Whole Foods or if you go to a stop and shop or uh, or in any of them, every, everybody's got coffee syrup. If you have a supermarket in Rhode Island, you got to carry coffee syrup. In Rhode Island or near where I live, like 20 minutes outside of Rhode Island, one of those aisles in the grocery stores, you would actually have autocrat coffee syrup. Like It would be next to like the, the Hershey syrup. It would be the same aisle, everything. Uh, I do make it at home. I don't have a preferred coffee syrup. We, we cycle through. So I believe what we have in the refrigerator right now is Eclipse. I think we have a coffee time standing by in the pantry. Uh, for when the eclipse runs out, we we buy whatever we feel like buying. We don't have a favorite. You know, I always just go with Autocrat. Uh, I never really drank the eclipse. Johnson Mills has done some work with Finlay's, who owns Autocrat. And I think Autocrat is kind of the, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better term, one of the OGs, but also um, very tried and true. And funny enough, in Rhode Island, we have like a lot of craft beers and things starting up. Well, now we have craft coffee syrup starting up. So there's these small boutique makers of coffee syrup, which they, they do it with a high-end bean and all these different mixtures of beans, which I haven't tried. Uh, but I've had a few friends to say that it's a much richer, it's a second to none, you know, coffee syrup. So, you know, we try all the all the different ones when they come out, like Dave's came out with their own coffee syrup. We tried that and uh, we've tried the Madeira Park coffee syrup. So I tell people that, you know, that's kind of a big difference between Dave's coffee and other versions of coffee syrup is that we're first and foremost a coffee roaster. So we sourced a specific bean for our coffee syrup. We cold brew it and then it gets reduced down with cane sugar into a syrup and it has a little bit of cassava root to, to thicken it up. And just trying to make a version of the traditional coffee syrup of Rhode Island with as few and best ingredients as we could do. So, so that's what we came up with in our version. And that's kind of what differentiates us from like the, the other kind of mass produced versions. We're very much like a craft version of it. And like I said, we're focused on making sure the coffee flavor really comes through. And that's important to us instead of just having a super sweet syrup. But um, you'll find coffee milk in convenience stores, delis, diners, those sorts of restaurants all over the state. It's on every restaurant menu. It probably wouldn't be in your uh, chains, you know, your food chains out there. Uh, but, you you know, all the family restaurants, you know, from breakfast, lunch and dinner, coffee milk is on the menu everywhere. So it, it is consumed with savory foods later in the afternoon. That's something that you wouldn't with, you know, coupling coffee with anything in a beverage form, you'd think you drink it, you know, first thing in the morning, but no, it's, it's consumed throughout the day. The times that I think of drinking it most often would be when going to a hot wiener place, which uh, is another thing that uh, Rhode Island is famous for is hot wieners. Uh, wieners, or sometimes we call them up here gaggers. There's a thing here in Rhode Island, a really famous hot dog place called New York System. And they they go back to, I don't know, probably the 40s, 50s, and they make these hot dogs. They're James Beard award-winning hot dogs, or I don't even call them, they're wieners, right? Can't even call them hot dogs. Like, I'm even speaking out of turn. I might get chased out of here by my uh, my Rhode Island brethren. So it's a hot dog with a meat sauce, finely ground meat sauce. That's not called a meat sauce chili. 
Uh, it's something. <laughs> it's not chili. It's something. Um, it has. It's very nuanced. It's very New York systems. It's very Rhode Island. Onions, mustard, celery salt, and that is very typical. That when you're going in order two of those, or I mean, some people are going in order two or three of them and get a coffee milk with it. Down in Olneyville, that's by far, and from what I understand. Uh, from from the owners of New York System is that it's the most popular beverage to eat with their wieners or hot dogs by in more than the rest of the beverages combined. So their their sales of coffee milk, you know, kind of outpace the other beverages combined um, that they have on their menu. If you are having uh, wieners, just like the New York System wieners, you have to have coffee milk with it. It's you know, the two go together like peanut butter and jelly. Drinking it with a coffee milk, for God's sake, is it just works. I don't know why. So I think the spicy kind of um, flavors, things like that, actually go nice with the coffee milk. Coffee milk and hot wieners just go together really well. Sort of the odd thing about coffee milk is that whether you be three years old or 70 plus years old, you drank coffee milk. So it, it panned all generations of use. It was always in our house as a kid. You know, and in Rhode Island, for the most part, really nobody drank like Nestle's quick chocolate milk. Everyone drank coffee milk. Everyone drank coffee milk when I was a kid. I'm Richard Field, the previous CEO of Autocrat Coffee and Extracts, and you're listening to the local fairy tale of coffee milk. So coffee milk has been around Rhode Island for almost over 100 years. Coffee milk has its origin, as far as we know, this is the commonly accepted uh, explanation, is that it comes from probably Italy, possibly other immigrant populations from, from Europe as well, but most likely Italy. It has a lot to do with being the port of Providence and, and the influx of Italians and Portuguese coming over, um, bringing their love of sweetened coffee, right? Think of the affogados. Um, something that's very popular at the end of Italian meal, which is a vanilla ice cream with a shot of espresso poured over the top of it. Um, it's very popular to sweeten, um, even though you see a lot of espresso in Portuguese and in a lot of European countries, um, Italians and, and Portuguese in particularly like sweetened coffee beverages. When the Portuguese immigrated, they took their customs with them. I mean, that's just how most immigrants do. They keep their tradition. So I think that the coffee milk in in Rhode Island, per se, um, started whether it was with the Italians moving here or the Portuguese moving here. That was already part of the cultural Europe of coffee milk and even espresso, for that matter. The cappuccinos, the Italians call it. We call it a galone. It's pretty much the same. The, the Italians have the foam and we just have the milk and the espresso together, right? So I think we just brought our own traditions, and then we incorporated into society. And that was probably in the 20s and 30s, 1920s, 1930s, early 20th century, that that influx of that, that immigration coming over definitely led to it. Well, so my encounter with Rhode Island coffee milk was more like the coffee syrup with milk, per se, where, where I came from, it was like, instant coffee or espresso mixed with whatever milk, like cow's milk or goat milk. Um, so it was a little bit different. And it's one of the most famous drinks in Portugal is cafe colate or made late as we call it, which is half coffee and half milk. Even growing up in an Italian household, I drank coffee with my grandmother's chocolate chip cookies. 
she gave me a little cup of coffee to dip it. Um, and, you know, with the Italian and Portuguese population here in New England, especially in Rhode Island, you drank what your parents drank. So it was actually very common for kids to eat coffee, ice cream or fraps or cabinets, as they call them, or coffee milk, because it's what their parents were drinking. I mean, we were brought up with coffee milk. If you, after lunch, if you wanted a snack, it was coffee milk with maybe a piece of cake or a piece of bread and butter or a piece of bread and cheese with ham or even a croissant. I mean, that's that's pretty much what its origin story is, is that it was created for children. It's thought that, you know, adults would be drinking coffee, socializing. Kids would uh, be clamoring to have some of what the adults are having because kids always want what the adults, adults are having. And since coffee can be a pretty strong brew, it's thought that the parents would have given them some coffee with some milk in it and possibly some sugar to lighten the caffeine load, uh, lighten the uh, the bitterness. And of course, kids love creamy, sweet things, and the coffee flavor is a great addition. So I think it's a, a great way to get kids to drink milk and to keep them quiet so they're not clamoring for what the adults are drinking. From what I understand, it dates back to the 1930s. It had migrated out of the kitchens of immigrants and into diners and pharmacies with their soda fountains. And it was first um, a thing at a soda fountain at a pharmacy in Providence. And the story goes that the soda jerk, who was the person operating the soda fountain, came up with a concoction of leftover coffee and a whole bunch of sugar and mixed it together because he was looking for a drink that he could give the children that would make them feel grown up and still be palatable to them and feel like they're they're enjoying a coffee along with their parents at the soda fountain. So, you know, at some point someone saw a, uh, an opportunity and said, hey, we can manufacture this syrup. I think the, uh, you know, the phar- pharmacies are probably making their own. But, uh, you know, at some point, a larger corporation or company said, hey, we could make this and supply it to all the pharmacies. I don't know your origins from growing up. I know it more just from studying about it. And there were any number of things uh, where people made claims. But one day I was talking to Jan Longoni, who lives here in Ann Arbor. She has sold cookbooks and culinary ephemera uh, for decades. So when Paul and I were opening Zingerman's Delicatessen in 1982, he goes, oh, there's this really fascinating woman who lives over on West Madison Street, about a mile from here. And in her basement, she has this incredible cookbook collection and she sells it by mail order to chefs all over the country. So this is, you know, decades before there was a web and et cetera, et cetera. And anyway, so I don't know how it came up, but I asked, I was doing the work when we started Zingerman's Roadhouse in 2003, then it's all regional American food. So looking for cool things that we would want to put on the menu and coffee milk was certainly a perfect one. Super popular in the region that it comes from, almost unknown here in Ann Arbor. Uh, lots of history and tradition. So anyway, I was talking to her about it and she goes, well, you know, the, the story that nobody knows is that my uncle Meyer is who actually invented the, the syrup recipe, but he trusted these other guys with it and they stole it from him. And that's the one who has the name on it. So I have no verification that that's true, but it's why would she make it up? <laughs> so anyway, that's what I know. It's the best I know. I mean, the earliest produced coffee syrup I'm aware of is from 1930 
which was Abelson's Arabian coffee syrup. There may be earlier ones, but that's the earliest one I've seen an ad for. Yeah, so that was probably in the, again, the 1930s. Um, I'd say there's a company I've written down, Silmo, um, Eclipse Foods, uh, two of the um, early, like kind of, I guess, enterprises that undertook of the bottling of this syrup. So that was Abelson's Arabian was one. Another one was Somo out of New Bedford in 1932. I believe that was a Portuguese company. I think uh, that was uh, the Somo company. After that was Eclipse, I think was next. And then Autocrat came along after that. And then in the 40s, you got Autocrat that came along and kind of took over, right? In, you know, in Rhode Island. Lincoln, to be exact. Well, the original company uh, was a food wholesaler in the late 1800s. Um, and we sold wholesale foods. Actually, in the late 1800s, one of our largest selling items was cigars, imported cigars. They There actually used to be tobacco fields in Connecticut a long time ago, and they would actually grow tobacco and cigars, one of the big items. So they were a regular full-line wholesale company that were around all over the country. Many years ago, many of the big wholesale food companies like SS Pierce and other companies, um, since coffee was not uh, preserved well, most of the big, big food wholesalers, the local food wholesalers, also roasted their own coffee. So that's how we got into the coffee roasting business because there was no way to preserve it back then. They didn't have vacuum cans and other methods to do that. During World War II, the company was uh, basically governed by the government because food was being rationed everywhere. And after World War II, they decided to sell off the wholesale food division of the company and concentrate just in coffee and tea that included coffee syrup. So the company was selling coffee syrup, regular canned coffee, and I'm talking about the old style canned coffee, that you'd find uh, afterwards, you'd find the can in your garage with a bunch of nails in it, that that type of can, and also teas. You know, it's it's uh, the bottle. It's like it's the, the red and yellow label, and it's just, it just stands out to me. There was a fellow up who wrote essays, and his name was Oliver Wendell Holmes. And he wrote essays about different items. And one of the essays he wrote was about coffee. And he called coffee the autocrat of the breakfast table. Hence the, where the name came from, Autocrat. The other thing he said, Oliver Wendell Holmes said in the essay was that a swallow will tell you when you've had coffee. So they came up with the slogan, a swallow will tell you that it's, it's swallow will tell you it's Autocrat. And in the marketing in the 40s and definitely in the 50s and 60s, they actually had a swallow, a bird, like a, like a robin or a blue jay, except it's a swallow. The bird would tell you things like extra rich, extra good, you know, smooth or whatever. So that we had this bird, uh, I say that obviously laughingly, that would tell you things about the product. Yep, and Coffee Time, an independent New Hampshire syrup producer, which is another uh, another brand. It came, became very popular in the uh, 30s and in the 40s in Rhode Island. And at one point would outsell what they used to call white milk, um, which would be regular milk, by two to one. It got to be the point that uh, coffee milk was offered in the school lunch programs. There are a lot of kids who grew up drinking coffee milk in Rhode Island schools. It's funny because, you know, I was born and grew up my whole life in Rhode Island. And when you go to school in Rhode Island, you're always offered, um, you know, the little milk cartons, you're offered whole milk, coffee milk and chocolate milk. Those are your three options. 
So anybody who's who's gone to school in Rhode Island is familiar with that. And so you would have a, a little carton of coffee milk with your lunch. When I was in high school, we had the choice of plain milk, chocolate milk, or coffee milk. Yeah, absolutely. It's served that way, uh, you know, in the small cottons. So that's uniquely made, um, you know, like I said, that's that's a uniquely Rhode Island thing. My first memories of coffee milk are definitely in my school years when I went to school. And like I said, you had those three options when you were when you went to the cafeteria, you had white milk, coffee milk and chocolate milk. And um, I don't remember when, but I, I remember once I tried the coffee milk as opposed to the white and chocolate, that was my go to drink after that. Which when you talk about that outside of that market, uh, some may think that is a bit strange that you would give little Johnny, who's six or eight years old, coffee milk. But it, at the time, it wasn't considered abnormal to do that because everybody drank it. The reality is there's only about 10 to 15 milligrams of caffeine in a glass of coffee milk. And to put that in context, a cup of coffee is about 120 milligrams of caffeine. So it's just slightly more than 10% of a cup of coffee. And it's about 25% of the caffeine in many sodas. So the, the actual caffeine content is very low. Yeah, adults only because I think now in 2022, naturally, right, if there's anything that's derived from coffee or that could be can, perceived as caffeine-based, right, we'd want to keep that away from children. But historically, coffee milk was definitely consumed in younger people, right, and kids because... Oh, yeah, kids love it. And I tried it, and I was like, yeah, it's sweet. It's got a little coffee. And I wasn't too fan of the coffee flavor, but, like, I wanted to drink coffee. My mom always and dad always drank it, so I wanted to be cool like them and, like, drink coffee. But I'm like, this is, like, my gateway to getting into coffee. <laughs> so uh, I, that's where I kind of started to like it. Rhode Island has a population of approximately a million people, and we would sell enough coffee syrup Rhode Island to make about 30 million servings. So that's how popular the drink was. I mean, everybody drank it. So people in Rhode Island would continually tell me, well, I went to L.A. and I couldn't get coffee milk. You don't have to go to L.A. All you have to do is go to New Haven, Connecticut, an hour drive away, and you can't get it. And people would say, you know, I went to Florida and I couldn't get coffee milk. You know, spring break when I was in college, at that time it was Fort Lauderdale, and it'd be like, yeah, I'll have, uh, for lunch, I'll have a sandwich and a coffee milk. And the waitresses were totally baffled. You know, so uh, it's like you guys don't have coffee milk down here. What a you know, get with the 20th century. How can you not have coffee milk? And I go again, you, you only have to drive 50 miles outside of Rhode Island. And you can't get it. So people were surprised, especially people who were from Rhode Island, who were born and bred and really haven't traveled much. And they assumed that coffee milk was available. And by the way, and iced coffee were available everywhere. And as travel really took off in the 60s and 70s, you know, plane travel was obviously not that big in the 40s and in the early 50s, but plane and travel and being able to move around the country expand a lot where people went outside to other areas and found they, one, they couldn't get coffee milk, but two, they couldn't even get an iced coffee. So to them, that was very strange that you, they thought everybody drank iced coffee and everybody drank coffee milk. Uh, when I got involved in the business, the coffee business was being run down pretty hard with some huge national competition. In the uh, late 60s and the early 70s, frankly, uh, Maxwell's and Folgers were getting into a major price war. And Folgers at the time had not entered the Northeastern market. And so they had entered the Northeastern market. And there was huge competition between the two companies. And many local coffee companies at that time literally went out of business. 
I mean, in the top of my head, I know of four companies in the Northeast that just went out of business. They couldn't compete against the national competition with much lower prices. So how do you take this coffee syrup and expand it? You expand it by adding dark roast coffees, using burnt sugar instead of regular sugar, and all of a sudden you have a nice cappuccino product. There was a branch or a few coffee shops up in the Cambridge area. Um, I think the gentleman's name was David Holm, uh, or, or Holmes or something along those lines. But he created, basically invented the uh, coffee flavored frap um, with espresso shots and you know, created this recipe that he called a frappuccino that then was then bought by Starbucks for like 20 plus million dollars. There was a, a fellow up in Boston who had a bunch of coffee shops and um, he had developed a, a flavor product, a cold coffee product that he wanted us to help him with because he knew we made coffee extracts and made flavorings and whatnot. So he, uh, he came up with a formula and we worked with him back and forth about how to produce it and came up with a frozen coffee product, uh, which ended up becoming Frappuccino with Starbucks. So uh, that's how that took off. And, and originally, this sounds a little crazy now, uh, but at the time, as far as I know, at that time, this is the early 90s, they had no cold coffee whatsoever. They had no iced coffee. They had no cold coffee products in their stores. So this is the first time they got a cold coffee product in their store. As far as I know, I, I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. And now obviously you get iced coffee at, at Starbucks or anywhere in the country now. Um, but that's, that's really only in the last 20 years. So it's not that long ago. Coffee milk has its analogs, right? It, it, it certainly does. Even the, the, the bottled Starbucks beverages are coffee milk. I mean, let's just be honest. Let's call it, let's call it what it is, right? So the, the metamorphosis from coffee syrup into iced cappuccinos, um, I think what's a little bit funny, and this is strictly a marketing thing, that they would hesitate to buy coffee milk in a little pint bottle, like you'd see in a grocery store with milk, the cardboard type, type thing. And if the price went to 60 cents, it was a kind of too expensive. However, they had no problem in buying a Frappuccino for $2.50 in a glass bottle. And it's basically the exact same product. I mean, it's a little di different formula, but it's coffee, sugar, milk. So it's the perception of value and people are used to buying an iced cappuccino for $2.50 or certainly today, $4.50 or $5 a serving when they used to balk about buying a coffee milk for 60 cents. It's basically the same product. It's, it's not made with dark roast coffees and it's not made with darker sugars, uh, but it's basically the same product. It's not tagged as coffee milk like we do here in Southern New England or Rhode Island, but Starbucks bought the Frappuccino. Obviously now it's like one of the most popular things on their menu from what I've read and, and what I've understood that it's like 11 cents to every dollar that Starbucks makes it is, is dedicated to Frappuccinos and it's autocrat syrup that's used to make the Frappuccinos. We saw sales starting to wane and really it's, it's because of, it was a good, a good thing for, for me and for the company, because when metamorphosis went into iced cappuccinos, that was substantially more successful than coffee syrup both uh, in margin-wise and in, in volume of sales-wise. Um, when I sold the company, we would sell enough coffee extract in a week, maybe a week and a half, that would equal all the sales in Rhode Island in a year. So it was substantially more, more popular. And there's a whole sort of complicated history of who bought out who and 
where that company has ended up now. Uh, going back maybe 20 years ago, Autocrat bought out the Eclipse brand when it ran into financial hardship. So um, Finlay's is a huge, huge tea and coffee and beverage company that purchased uh, Autocrat. They actually have a new plant down in the Quonset area of, of Rhode Island where the manufacturing takes place. It's, it's a huge operation. Johnson Wells has actually done some work with Finlay's in that capacity. Um, using our students and sensory analysis and kind of um, tasting boards and so on and so forth um, for, for new product development. Yeah, Coffee Time, Eclipse, and Autocrat are all under the same umbrella. You know, it's, it's, it's just something that's evolved. It's been local. No one really knows where it came from, but it's, it's always just kind of been here. I mean, some things can be traced back to a specific origin, but I, I would be very surprised if anyone ever came up with a smoking gun on coffee milk, um, just because it seems so casual i think it's just something that people you know somebody did at some point someone was obviously the first person to do it but you know they shared it with their kids the kids talked to their friends their friends talked to their parents you know things spread and before you know it everyone in the neighborhood is giving their kids coffee milk and no one knows where it started from. Um, you know, it was so commonplace. I mean, everybody drank it. It'd be like saying, do you have lasting impressions of the first time you drank cold milk or lasting impression of the first time you had orange juice? I mean, everybody had it. So it wasn't like you were getting a unique item or it wasn't, uh, you know, you were 21 and now allowed to drink alcohol. It was there from when you were very young to when you were very old. So there's no rite of passage to all of a sudden have coffee milk. You had it from when you were very young and everybody drank it. I say everybody, virtually the entire population. I'm TJ Deladon, Assistant Dean at the College of Food, Innovation and Technology at Johnson Wales University. And you're listening to the local fairy tale of coffee milk. So it's been pretty cool. It's been pretty cool to you know, not only enjoy coffee milk, be kind of a transplant, from Delaware into Rhode Island, understanding you know what coffee milk really is, being our state beverage, right? My understanding is that uh, it actually uh, was spurred by Autocrat after Massachusetts had cranberry juice as their state drink. They thought, well, it would be nice to introduce coffee milk as uh, the state drink of Rhode Island, since it's unique to Rhode Island and really a little bit of southeastern Massachusetts. How coffee milk expanded is at some point when we're trying to market the product throughout the area, uh, I came up with the brainstorm that, hey, Rhode Island doesn't have a beverage as a state drink. And I had looked up, you can look up any state, you have state flowers and state birds and things like that, but they didn't have any beverage. So I sent a letter to my state representative, both House and Senate, again, this is state, not, not federal, uh, suggesting they make coffee milk the state drink. Both of them responded immediately saying, great idea. I think we should do it. It's so unique. Everybody knows coffee, milk in Rhode Island, Massachusetts. Uh, I think we should do it. So as a state representative from Lincoln, and I had Autocrat Coffee, which is a manufacturer of coffee milk, located, their headquarters is in Lincoln, Rhode Island. The owners of that company, which was the Field family, they reached out to me to see if I would put something in along those lines to you know generate a law making coffee milk the state drink of rhode island and the state representative was like sure why not and brought it to the floor of the house you know it started out tongue-in-cheek there was a lot of uh, smiling about it and it was just like 
really like a, a feel-good piece of legislation. But as time went on, it actually became hand-to-hand combat. And then, of course, another representative who happened to have franchises for Dell's Lemonade, which is another thing here in Rhode Island. Because we have another drink in Rhode Island, which is Dell's Lemonade, which is just frozen slush lemonade, but it's made by a family here. The Delusia family and the DEL for Dell's comes from. It's a unique tasting lemonade, which once again unique to uh, Southern New England. It is a favorite of many of the people. Yeah, I'm a Dell's fan too. I don't want. I don't throw my Dell's guys under the bus. I, I do like some Dell's. I guess it was, a, from what I understand, a neck and neck heat of uh, coffee, milk, or Dell's lemonade. They had another state representative from Newport who actually owned a Dell's franchise. They got involved. Said, hey, well, if coffee milk could be the state drink, why couldn't Dell's? Well, lo and behold, they go out, they hire a lobbyist. They started expending capital to make Dell's lemonade the state drink. And so a spirited and um, somewhat tongue-in-cheek debate ensued, as far as I understand. So here's something that was just going to be, you know, tongue-in-cheek, a fun piece of legislation that was going through that once it started the committee process, it started, it it became one of the tougher legislative fights I had over the years over something that was so simple and so innocuous. It sort of uh, took on its own path in that when it came out in the newspaper about making coffee milk the state drink, some of the big local newspapers got a hold of that idea and decided to write articles on it including one was the Wall Street Journal. And the fight became so intense, in the middle of it, CNN came in, and CNN did a major story on it, which CNN back then was, in 1993, was the major uh, worldwide network. So, uh, I mean, you know, the statewide newspaper, it ended up on the front page news for quite a while. It started in January, and it took probably till the end of May, beginning of June. So it ended up being like, a five-month, you know, uh, brawl, you know. Uh, the Dell's Lemonade people, they brought up free Dell's Lemonade samples on the House and Senate floor. They made a full-court press. And then, you you know how the way it is, is that, you know, people were looking for compromise and, and whatnot. And because, uh, you know, people say, well, can we do summer drink and, and, and things of that nature? But the full-court press was so hard. And they were getting so aggressive about it. At that point, I'm like, well, you know what? You, you people are playing so nasty. You know, I, I'm not going to compromise on the bill. I'm going to work to gain consensus and to push this through because coffee milk is unique to Rhode Island. And it's enjoyed by Rhode Islanders, as I've said. It should be the uh, state drink. And I'm not going to uh, acquiesce on any points whatsoever. And then in committee... Yeah, we actually got into the thing where frozen lemonade is not unique to Rhode Island. Maybe this one type of brand that the family made, which is extremely tasty and very good, is unique to Rhode Island and is a favorite of Rhode Island and anyone who uh, tastes it. But frozen lemonade is frozen lemonade where coffee milk is coffee milk. And when the, the House voted on the subject, coffee milk came out on top and... Then the Senate approved it, and it became state law that coffee milk is the official state drink of Rhode Island. 
coffee milk did get voted in to be the state drink of Rhode Island, still is the state drink of Rhode Island. I won the day, just 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 put it that way. And it's on all the packaging, says official state drink. Which is interesting is that Autocrat, you know, once we won the day, they actually had uh, insignia, you know, uh, coffee milk state drink of Rhode Island made up, and it's on all of their bottles. Uh, they put it on T-shirts. It ended up being... You know, a bit of a cultural thing once it passed. And uh, it actually ended up doing a lot of good for the tourism in the state because it, you know, it put Rhode Island on the map again in, in a way that, you know, it went worldwide and uh, things of that nature. So it showed off our unique little state in a unique way. It was all positives and there was no negatives. There were a few people saying, well, you know, in, in 1993, the economy was uh, somewhat in tough shape. And that you people should be doing serious bills and serious. And I, and I tell them, if you look at my, my my policy issues, yes, I'm doing serious bills. But you also have to have something that makes people feel good. There was all benefits to it. There was no drawbacks. It actually, because it ended up going worldwide, it picked up production. They had to hire a second shift. They hired more people. They hired more truck drivers to ship it around the country. There's literally no downside to coffee milk becoming the uh, state drink of the state of Rhode Island. And the internet still wasn't around, so Autocrat Coffee had had to actually establish a 1-800 number so people could order coffee milk just to taste it and try it because it was something that no one really heard of. And, you know, they they wanted a taste of something uniquely uh, Rhode Island or New England. And also, you know, you could call it, we would ship coffee syrup all over the United States. So with that, we used to send... T-shirts were those packages, coffee milk T-shirts, state drink or down. Anyway, um, South California one time visiting my daughter, and uh, sure enough, years ago, there's a guy down the beach with an autocrat coffee milk T-shirt on his back. So we got a good, we got a good kick out of that. That it was now in California, and this was you know 25 years ago. Well, I was at Disneyland, and I wore one of the shirts at Disneyland because Richard had given me a number of the shirts, and as I was walking around Disneyland, A, people wanted to know what coffee milk was. And then where you had the transplanted Rhode Islanders from all over the country, they're like, I remember coffee milk. I haven't had that since I was a kid. And then during that time, also, uh, President Clinton came to town. And I actually gave him one of the coffee milk t-shirts uh, for his daughter, Chelsea, which, uh, which he found amusing. This passed in 1993. And I'm still called the coffee milk guy, you know. And I mean... I, I was in there for 12 years, and I've done some you know, substantial pieces of legislation, but I'm remembered for the coffee milk guy. And you, you, you know what? That's not a bad thing. You know, it's an issue that just brings a smile to everybody's face. So if it's accomplished nothing else, to bring some levity, to bring some good-natured uh, politics and a good, you know, warm feeling going back to your childhood, then you want to know what? I'm comfortable with that being my legacy. I'm Dave Lanning, founder and owner of Dave's Coffee, and you're listening to Local Fairy Tale of Coffee Milk. It's funny because when you place an order on our website, there's an, an area where you can in, include a little note. So a lot of times I'll see the notes in there and it'll be like to somebody who's left Rhode Island and they're, they're like sending you a little taste of Rhode Island for good memories or whatever. So it is for sure like a nostalgic kind of thing for people that have lived in Rhode Island and now have moved to somewhere else in the country of the world. And um, when they get 
a package and it has coffee syrup in it, it definitely brings them back to Rhode Island. It was a Christmas gift to my sister and my mom and dad. So I did them like a little Rhode Island basket and I'll, I put some Dell's, you know, powdered mix. I put um, a bottle of autocrat syrup. I made some like recipe cards for them. So it was definitely part of, of my Christmas gift that year that I shipped home. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've introduced people to it that way. Both of our cafe locations are in areas. One of them, the one in Providence, we have a really large college population. So we get a lot of students and a lot of parents of the students who aren't from Rhode Island. So when I'm, I'm working at the Providence location all day long, people come in and ask, what's coffee syrup? We've heard about coffee milk. I want to try coffee milk. And then our other location in Charlestown is a beach community. And the same thing there, the majority of our customers are transient. They're there for a week or a couple of days. And the same thing, they've never heard of coffee syrup or coffee milk. I, I would say nine out of 10 people love it and end up getting a bottle and bringing it back home with them. When we're traveling, if we see something that advertises itself as coffee milk, we'll try it. Like I tried one in, in uh, California that called itself coffee milk. It was strong. <laughs> it was jam packed with caffeine. <laughs> Uh, I did not sleep that night. <laughs> Ari, I remember when I first saw the hot milk on our menu, I kind of turned my nose up at it. I'm like, y'all are trying to do coffee milk? Yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> like, you, you're not from New England. You guys don't even know what, you, what, the, what the drink is about, you know? <laughs> that was my first reaction. You know, it's like all small uh, regional specialties. Most people have never heard of it. So I'd say the reactions go anywhere from people like Zach or, you know, might be skeptical but excited to people who don't even notice it's on there because it's a big menu, which is probably the majority to some that are curious. So either way, it's fine. So yeah, like all things that we do, uh, generally when we start, no one's asking for them. It's just being willing to stick with it over the long haul. So autocrat, I, I remember drinking it saying, this stuff is so sweet. I loved it. Now that I read it, I'm like, oh, wow. It's got like high fructose corn syrup, corn syrup, other ingredients that make it like a nice sweet, with a little bit of a coffee extract, they call it on the ingredient list. And again, don't get me wrong. The syrup is awesome. But the fact that we make it here like from scratch, like don't use any of the corn syrups, anything like that. We literally just make it with sugar or really good coffee and then mix the drink together with a little whipping, with a heavy whipping cream, which I've noticed. I never remember that being in the recipe. And if it isn't, it actually is something we did at the Roadhouse. And I think Roadshow, which is a secret technique. So I, unlike Zach, I did not grow up with coffee milk, but there's a lot of things that I'd say 95% of what we sell in the organization I didn't grow up with either. So for me, it's just all learning about food and our longtime focus at Dingerman's is full flavor and traditional food. So although Zach didn't use those words, everything that you heard from him about this speaks to both of those issues. So he gave you some of the, the context of where it came from. So it's, this isn't like somebody sitting in a, in a lab going, let's see, 48% of people in this part of the country like X, let's make this product. It's, we're looking for the history of it. And then the full flavored part, we use coffee from our coffee company. So very high quality there. And then taking the time to boil down and make the syrup using milk from Calder Dairy, which is one of the last farmstead dairies in the state. And then as Zach said, paying a little more to add some uh, some heavy cream to it also. So we're living a memory when I drank it here about a year ago or so for the first time, and then realizing it was better than anything I've had to. In this case, we're not trying, like we didn't open a coffee milk shop. <laughs> Although it's not a bad idea, Zach. So it's not like we depend on coffee milk sales to make our business work. It's really just 
what we like to call a productive specialty. It's something that the people who know it will drive across town to get that hardly anyone else, if anyone else at all has. Uh, even though it's not gonna be a giant seller, it brings people in. And so if somebody comes there to get coffee milk, they're also likely to buy other stuff. They might bring their friends there who were neutral about where to go, but they're like, no, we gotta go to the roadhouse because I need my coffee milk or I'm from Rhode Island or whatever. I wanna get my kid to start drinking it. You know, So that's really what it does. It's not meant to be the driving force of all of our business. It's, it's, a, it's a specialty that, that makes us special. Uh, and that helps bring people in. The challenge uh, with the coffee syrup part was, you know, what, what can I do with this, as I mentioned before? And what other ways can you sell it? So um, one of my projects coming up over the next, um, I would say, year or two is to come up with a coffee syrup cookbook. Because there are so many ways beyond, like some people think like, okay, if I get a bottle of coffee syrup and, you know, I'm not a big milk drinker, what do I do? But there are like so many creative ways to use it. Like people who maybe don't necessarily like milk, they'll use it to, you can make milkshakes, they put it in smoothies, they put it on top of ice cream. You know, people have ice cream in the summertime, you'll pour it on like chocolate syrup, where people will put chocolate syrup on a Sunday. You can put coffee milk syrup. Like I'll pour it on oatmeal, like you do maple syrup. You can make cocktails with it, mix drinks, like a dirty martini. We sell to a lot of people who use it for like a tiramisu, for baking. At the holidays, I'll do like candied yams or candied carrots. And instead of like using a maple syrup, I put coffee syrup and it reduces down with, with the root vegetable really nice. So I feel like there's a, there's a whole bunch of cool, delicious ways to use coffee syrup that people don't really know about. And I think that would definitely help people get a little more creative you know, and enjoy coffee syrup beyond just coffee milk. And it also, obviously, another way is just to a lot of people add it to like a cold brewed coffee because it's a liquid sweetener. It dissolves immediately in a, in a cold beverage and it still gives you a little extra coffee kick in there. So like if I can make a coffee syrup cookbook to accompany the bottle of coffee syrup, I think it would uh, be really helpful. So it definitely seemed like a weird thing when I first moved to Rhode Island. It doesn't seem weird at all now. But <laughs> I think it's just an interesting kind of phenomenon that it's that it's remained so local, like and not gone much beyond the New England area. I like that you're bringing awareness to this is it's, it's very, you know, the state is rich in history. It's rich in culture. It's rich in we're set in our ways in a lot, in a, in a lot of the times. And uh, I dig that. I kind of really like that about Rhode Island and, and the fact that, you know, coffee and milk is a thing and it's almost tongue in cheek sometimes when we say it, it's like it's our thing and i kind of like that it hasn't gone nationally i kind of like that it's ours and that is the local fairy tale of coffee milk more information about coffee milk and the coffee milk tale tellers can be found at local fairy f-a-r-e-y tales t-a-l-e-s dot com and be sure to follow Local Fairy Tales Podcast on Facebook and Instagram to share your tales about coffee milk or other local fare. And if you don't know much about your local fare, ask. There are tale tellers everywhere. Glasses filled to the brim with gratitude to John Barr, TJ Deladon, Richard Field, Dave Lanning, Christopher Martin, Zach Milner, Anna Isabel Dosrescutu, and Ari Weinswag for sharing their time and coffee milk knowledge. 
concept, production, and editing by me, Nora Vetter. Music by Anisha Thomas. And artwork by Jonathan Reich. More local fairy tales are coming soon, so be sure to subscribe on your favorite place to listen to podcasts.